We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Michael Lombardi. I think that was the dumbest trade you could possibly make. I don't care what Ryan Poles tries to defend it with. He should not have done that. Former NFL executive and analyst. The game of football is always going to be about offensive and defensive linemen. And understand that going back to the George Hallis days. Michael Lombardi. And everybody wants to say, oh, Lombardi, you're a Chicago hater. No, I'm a dumb hater. I hate dumb decisions. With Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Oh, what a treat. You know it's big time when you get a chance to talk to the great Michael Lombardi. He is our guy, and it's a delight. Our man in Vegas today, now joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline, is Michael Lombardi. Download that Circus Sports app today. Michael, how are you? Great to catch up. Morning, Mike. Where are you guys? How are you not here? How are you not here? I mean, is, is things so bad that you're not here? I mean, come on, you know? I, I don't understand it. Chicago is not here, not represented. I can't understand that. Yeah, I think we're all uh, we're all trying to figure it out, but the reality is we we have to monitor the first overall pick in the draft. And we have a hard <laughs> oh, time, yeah. Hard time yeah, leaving state as a result, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got a lot of decisions ahead of you. And I think, you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on those decisions and a lot of people uh, that, uh, you know, are going to weigh in on this decision to see what they should do. So it'll be fascinating. There'll be a lot of commentary out there in the open market. What so Mike, is your... Yeah, yeah, what is uh, your take on it, Mike? That's what we really need to know. Are you, yeah, well, are you for you keeping know, Fields or getting Caleb Williams or getting someone out? What do you think? Okay, let's let's have an honest and open discussion. Okay, uh, C.J. Stroud starts enters the league, and last night went off as a rookie of the year. It took him no time at all to show that he was great. Lamar Jackson takes over for Joe Flacco. They're below five hundred when he takes over, and Lamar Jackson just does some incredible things. Okay, it leads him to the playoffs that year, and so you say to yourself, okay. You know, we got something here with Lamar. We got something here with C.J. Stroud. You know, Baker Mayfield comes in his rookie year, maybe not as perfect as you wanted it to be, but you say you got it. Now, everybody says we need more time with Justin. It's Luke Getze's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's that's why we're ten and that's why he's ten and twenty-eight as a starter. That's why his yards per attempt went down from seven point one last year to six point nine this year, even with DJ Moore. Look, I think Justin Fields is a really good player, runner, quarterback, okay? 
I think to me, there's two fundamental elements. And you played the clip about what I said about Sweat. And people take that clip as if I don't like Sweat as a player. That's, that's not the clip. There's two things with every player, the contract and the talent. And when you, extend, when you have to sit there and decide, do I pay Justin Fields $40 million, $45 million? $35 million, Daniel Jones's contract, is that value going to be able to sustain itself? And based on 38 starts in the National Football League, you would have to conclude that answer is no. Now, you can make a thousand excuses for it, and everybody in Chicago will, and a lot of in the national media will too. But if you watch the tape closely and you understand the quarterbacking position and the fourth quarter of these games that have to be done – with great throws, with perfect accuracy. They call Brock Purdy a manager. They call Brock Purdy not very good. Brock Purdy as a rookie stepped in and played better than most people play after four years. He's actually played way better than Justin Fields had. Well, he has better weapons around him. Oh, okay. Again, another excuse. For me, this is not a hard decision. You know, get the most value you can for Justin Fields. Somebody will trade for him. Adam Schefter reported that, you know, there could be a potential one or a two. We had Tom Pelissero on the other day. He wasn't sure about that. But, look, everybody's looking for one. Get yourself Caleb Williams and, and start with a rookie contract and go from there. I think we've had three years of this. And if you try to conclude otherwise, you're making excuses. Mike, you're talking to two guys who agree with you on that assessment of what they need to do at the quarterback position. I'm wondering, what are you hearing about Caleb Williams? There's a lot of smoke. Not a, you, you wonder about the hearsay. I have yet to hear from the young man himself, but yeah. what level of concern would you have if you're Ryan Poles, and how does it go from here? Unless I heard it directly from his mouth, I wouldn't take anything that was real. You know, I would be on an airplane. I would fly to, South, uh, to Southern California or get out of the Chicago winter and sit down with him and his dad and say, okay, here's the deal. When I'm ready to make that decision, because once you take that airplane ride, once you sit in front of them and you say, "Look, I want to, I want, we're going to talk about drafting you in the first first pick overall. We want to test where you are. You know, everybody's going to know you're going to trade fields. So you got to be a little bit deliberate and careful on how you do that. Here's what I would say to you guys, and you got to ponder this. And I said this on my podcast. The, the real wild card in this whole thing, as much as Chicago Bear fans want to kill the poor guy, is Luke Getzey. Luke Getzey knows the real deal. Luke Getzey knows the secrets to the codes. He knows the launch pad. He knows everything that's good about Justin. He knows everything that's bad about Justin. And if the Raiders are not interested to some level, then the rest of the league, who's a copy, we're our copycat league, you would acknowledge that. The rest of the league will say, wait a minute, if Luke doesn't want the guy and the Raiders need a quarterback, why do we? He's Michael Lombardi. He's uh, he's done everything in the NFL, and he's written a couple books. Gridiron Genius, great book. Masterclass in winning championships and building dynasties in the NFL. It's uh, it's on my bookshelf and on my on my uh, next to my bed. I've got your latest book, and it's a good one. Another another great effort from Michael Lombardi. He has uh, he has put together the. Uh, uh, the new book, which, of course, is Football Done Right, Setting the Record Straight on the Coaches, Players, and History of the NFL. He's got the GM Shuffle podcast. You can check him out at the Daily Coach. Are, are you still working at VEASAN with uh, our guys yeah, in the still, desert? 
Oh, yeah, I still do that. We don't have yeah. that show. I still do it with Brent, but we don't have that show anymore. Yeah, you know, we got purchased by DraftKings, so it's been a wonderful thing. Brian Musburger, the Musburger family, has been yeah. tremendous. And this has really been a great opportunity for me because you don't have to talk in quick sound bites. You can talk about things that, you know, uh, you can expand on a little bit like you guys can on radio. Um, I, I'm curious, you look at this game, and, uh, you know, I think you're right about Brock Purdy. He's probably done a lot better than people uh, give him credit for. But you look at Mahomes, and it's extraordinary. I don't think we ever thought we'd see the likes of a, of a Tom Brady again, someone who seemed to understand the game to a point where they were ultra confident and were going to be in the mix every year. And arguably that is what's going on with Mahomes. When you, when you see the dichotomy of the two types of quarterback for a team like the Bears, is there a lesson in terms of getting the best player at the position versus having a coach that can help you figure out who that best player is? You know, I think to me, when you get great players, like I wrote about in Football Done Right, I don't even know if Bear fans know this, but when Bill Tobin was the general manager of your team, the morning of the draft in 1979, he kissed his wife goodbye to head to the to the facility, and she said to him, promise me you'll draft Joe Montana if he's there in the third round. <laughs> and he said to her, yes, I will draft Joe Montana in the third round if he's there, if he's there. Well, he was, and Willie McClendon became the pick. And the reason <laughs> I bring that story up, not because uh, I love Bill Tobin, not because of, of anything, but had, had the Bears drafted – Montana, Montana would have been great in Chicago, too. Now, he became even greater in, in the West Coast offense with Bill Walsh. It took three years for him to get there. They rotated all the way through. It's a different era of football then. you know. But my point here is there are certain things that great quarterbacks have that you can see on the tape. Purdy started a lot of games in college football. He's quick-minded. He's quick-footed. He can throw the ball with great rhythm and timing. He's incredibly accurate. When you average almost 10 yards per attempt, 10 yards per attempt, Fields was at 6.9 this year. Okay, when you average that, you have where you where you've put the ball in the right spot for the receiver to run with it, and you're smart at the line of scrimmage. Brady had a great, great clip with Steve Young on social media the other day talking about the position, talking about why run a bad play, talking about what he did at the off- what he did at the line of scrimmage. And a lot of that is what Purdy can do. A lot of that is what great quarterbacks do. And you've got to see that. How to make a second play off of when the play breaks down. You know, with your ability to keep your eye level up the field and work from there. So, yeah, I, I think, look, Walsh said this in 1975. There's, you know, very few people can evaluate the quarterback and even fewer can coach him. I think that's true. But great players shine no matter what system you put them in. They become better when they're in the right system. But they'll shine. Mike, who's under the most pressure as we await Super Bowl 58 on Sunday at kickoff? I don't think neither team, right? I mean, let's – you guys – I mean, obviously I love the history of the game. Bud Grant's in the Hall of Fame. He lost all four Super Bowls. You know, Marv Levy's in the Hall of Fame. He lost all four Super Bowls. You get to the Super Bowl, you're going to get in. George Allen – I have a great story about George Allen in the book and Papa Bear. You know, he was just a, a, a fascinating figure, George Allen. And – Allen's in the Hall of Fame. He lost one Super Bowl. Now, he had a 71 winning percentage. He only coached 10 years as a head coach, but he got in. So I I think we make too much about you have to win this game to secure their legacy. If you get to this game multiple times, you're going to be in Canton. 
Um, you know, to that end, obviously Kyle Shanahan's dad's won three of them. He lost one as a coordinator. It was a real meltdown. And then they, they lost the last time they were here. Do you do you I mean he's generally regarded as the best coach in the league yet to win a Super Bowl. Um right. does that does that mean anything? I, I, I think that he gets people hired every year. I just yeah. wonder what it means. Well, I mean look, it, it, you know, it, he his system is really good. And his idea and his ability to strategize the offense is really good. Because what Kyle is, is a strategist and a tactician, right? So what do we have in pro football? We have an era where we have mostly all tacticians, right? What does that mean? That means you call the game. You're tactical, right? The strategists, the Bill Parcells, the Belichicks, those guys who run all three phases of the game, they're the strategists. How do we play this game to win today? I think Andy Reid has developed into that. Because if you go back to Kansas City and losing on Christmas Day, when Andy went home to eat his traductin, you know, they were not a good team. And Andy said, enough of this. We're going to run the ball more. I'm going to protect my offensive line. We're going to play with our defense. We're not going to try to, we're not going to, try to be explosive. We're not going to let Mahomes hold on to the football. And they've won four in a row. And they've played much better. Mahomes still only averages seven yards per attempt. That's what he did in the regular season. That's what he does in the postseason. So, they've not they've changed their style their strategy has changed and the tactics within the strategy has been effective so i i think kyle's really good at both and i think he'll continue to be in this game and his offense is quarterback friendly and that's why people keep getting jobs because everybody wants to run a, a friendly offense for the quarterback the difference is and walsh was big on this is the difference is you can copy the offense you can learn the offense but you can't fix it when it breaks down and a lot of coaches can't do that. Mike, got to ask you while we have you, what's your theory why Bill Belichick did not get a coaching job in this cycle? Well, I think he's, you know, I think collaboration is the word of the league right now. Everybody wants to collaborate, which is a wonderful word. But, it, you know, when you're not equally informed, it's hard to collaborate. And so I think Belichick, I think it was a systematic approach down in Atlanta. You know, he flew down and met Arthur Blank on his yacht in St. Thomas, and that went well. But that gave Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot two weeks to build a campaign to basically not want somebody who come into their building. Fontenot was going to stay. Belichick would not have taken the meeting if he thought Rich McKay was going to be part of the organization. But they basically didn't want him in the building because it would have meant change for them. Now, they've won 21 games in the last three years. They put out press release. They didn't want Lamar Jackson last year. So they obviously feel they have something going really strong, and everything was Arthur Smith's fault. And that's why they got rid of him. Zimmerman wrote a great passage based on Walsh in his book, The Thinking Man's Guide, about the plight of a coach having to relate to a GM and a, and a president that sit with the owner on game day. It's fascinating when you read that because it's still true today. So I think it's just the nature of the NFL right now. People want collaboration. Washington wants collaboration. They want to run a system where the GM runs the team, the coach just coaches the team. Well, that sounds great for basketball. But in football, the coach has to be able to establish the philosophy of offensive and defense and so that the players that you're searching for fit that scheme. And if you fire the coach every three years, then you're changing philosophies. And that's why teams don't always that's – why, that's why there's only teams – there's certain teams that win every year. I'm curious what you thought of Matt Eberflus, who, who literally had to take over as the defensive coordinator – 
and then managed to keep his job as a result of his work as a defensive coordinator. Um, they, they've changed the offensive coaches, but they, and they hired a defensive coordinator, but he, he, his value as a head coach was that he was a great defensive coordinator for the Bears. Well, I, you know, look, I, there was a long time where I wasn't sure that Eberflus was doing a very good job, but I thought when, you know, the best way to evaluate somebody is when they face with adversity. And I thought he did a tremendous job taking over the team. Remember, Peter King was talking about him getting, it might be the first coach right. in Chicago Bear history to get fired in the season. And I'm not right. saying Peter King was wrong. I'm just saying that's what everybody was hearing. And he did a great job of going through it. I, I think what we learned about Matt is the fact that these NFL jobs are really hard. These general manager jobs are really hard. And if you don't have a lot of experience to bring to the table, then I think it really becomes an effect. And so if you go back to what I was saying about Sweat, my point about Sweat was giving up a second-round pick for a player that you could sign in free agency. Now, some people on your radio station believe that he would have never made it to free agency. I don't believe that. Okay, I don't believe that. I believe that they were going to get to the min- they needed to get to the minimum in spending, and so they had to spend for the player. But to me, the most valuable thing any general manager has in his tool belt is second round picks. Second round picks are four year contracts, and for guys that start, that's unbelievable. You don't trade a two. I'd rather give you a one for a player, a low one, than give you a two. Because the one, I've got to pick up the option on the fifth year, which might be ridiculous, which is where they are with fields. Are we going to pick up the option on the fifth year based on what that number is? I don't think so. So to me, that's the strategy involved with doing things. And people misjudge. People can play snippets of what you say and apply it to and then call you an idiot, which is everybody's right to do. Look, I've been called an idiot by some guy in his basement in Des Moines eating meatloaf in his underwear. i got no problem with that. <laughs> The reality of it is, is like whether I've worked for Al Davis. Once you've been in that room, there's nothing that can hurt you. We'd never do that, Mike, but we do want to get your pick quickly. What do you see happening Sunday? This is a hard game. Look, can I just say this? We should be honoring Bill Walsh in this game. I've, I've been wearing my Super Bowl ring from 84 around here just to remind people how great of a coach Coach Walsh was, how we should pay tribute to him because these two offenses come from him. These two offenses came from his mind. These two organizations are run the way he saw football needed to be run, with the coach running the organization, with a GM that works for the coach, not the coach works for the GM. And I think, to me, this will be a great game. I'm rooting for the Niners because of Coach Walsh, but Andy's a tough coach to prepare for, and the way they've changed their style of offense is really impressive, and he's great. I picked the 49ers 27-23. to but I don't have a conviction either way. The Niners have gotten here now, just so we're clear, and they haven't even played their best game yet. Great stuff, Mike. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate Thanks, guys. it, man. Great. Anytime. Thanks so appreciate much. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Great stuff. That is Michael Lombardi. God, I love that guy. He's Never so disappoints, good. does he? Never disappoints. Always he brings has a it. strong opinion and yeah. backs it up. All right, we're going to get out to Vegas and bring in our guy Larry Kruger, who's covering – the Niners will do that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum 
of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's late in the fourth quarter. Are you prepared to disappoint Taylor Swift? Yes. Wow, goodness gracious. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That's Brock Purdy. Um, and we are delighted now joining us on the Circa Resort Casino Hotline. Larry Kruger, 97.5 The Game. In San Francisco, CircaLasVegas.com. Larry, good morning. How are you? Hey, Larry. Hey. Good morning, guys. Morning. How are you doing? I I don't like doing good. I I was telling David I don't like any of the questions that people are uh, asking Brock Purdy. I don't like that question about disappointing Taylor Swift. What the hell was the question that he looks like Lee Harvey Oswald? I've never heard anything like that. That was super bizarre to be asked that. I thought I thought um, the little kids from Nickelodeon asked him a good question for a SpongeBob impression, and he that gave good. a good one. He it was a good one. Along. He did. Yeah. yeah, he's a good-natured guy. It's funny though; people don't take too kindly to being, uh, you know, attached to famous murderers through history. It's funny how that works. <laughs> funny how that works. I mean, what a terrible question. So, uh, what? What? Uh, how would you assess the week for the 49ers? They've gotten a lot of heat for being kind of complainers earlier in the week. That's been the only kind of news to come out of the week of preparation. But how would you assess the week of prep for the 49ers? Well, you know, I talked to some of the players yesterday at a little media gathering in the afternoon. They felt like they had a really good week of practice. Um, and, you know, obviously they they escaped the – the dreaded turf gate without any major injuries. Uh, so, you know, they, I do feel like there's a theme of we're getting slighted as more than a couple guys brought up the fact that their, you know, alarms went off at their hotel for 28 minutes right. in the middle of the night one night, and they're on this, you know, joke of a turf in their mind. So, the, you know, if they, whatever edge they had, the world, you know, everybody loves the world is against us. Well, their world is against us. Files pretty deep right now. <laughs> That's a that is a classic coaching technique, you know. When you gotta circle the wagons and everybody's out to get you and all that stuff, and it it works. I mean, maybe it'll work for him. I want to talk about Trent Williams for a second because I think he might be the best player in the game that nobody talks about, and and I think the reason that it's not talked about is because when he's in. He's just a great player, and you can do everything you want to do. And when he's out, he will stop your offense cold by not being there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk 85 Bears in your guys' town. How many names come up before Jimbo Covert? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be quite a few. And it's like the dominant offensive lineman 
when you really appreciate them is when you you're not hearing their number called, they're not flashing for penalties. But you're right. I mean, this guy is a, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Trent the other day in the locker room as he's hitting like three pointer after three pointer on their inner locker room basketball hoop. And I'm like, man, looks like you missed your calling. He's like, yeah, basketball is my real love. It's my first love. I mean, the guy's an incredible athlete at that right. size. He just happens to be 6'6", 330, or 325. I mean, um, but he's a, he's a great athlete, great hand-eye coordination athlete. I mean, this guy's probably good at everything. So it's hard to find people that big with that good of feet, and that's what he's got. It's his blessing, and he's turned it into a career where – and he's right there with Walter Jones, Munoz, you name yeah. it, the best tackles of all time. What version of Kyle Shanahan do you think we'll see on Sunday? Aggressive, conservative, somewhere in between? You know, that is almost like the ultimate question in some ways. Um, I think he's going to be more aggressive. You know, I think he, for some reason that tells me they're going to come out and even though this is the fourth-rated pass D, I could see them dialing up some creative pass plays and trying to, you know, trying to establish Purdy and in a passing rhythm. I personally would rather see them run it heavy, but I get the sense that, you know, he'll he'll come out throwing it just as a as a change up. And to, and and I don't think that's what he should do, but he that's his propensity. Yeah, I I think that if they run the football and they, you know, they dominate first down the way they should, that it could be an easy game for them, and that would set up the play-action stuff, and I, I think they ought to do that. I just think you get into a Super Bowl, and it's almost – it's hard to try to just dominate with the run game or try to – you know, I, I think they do that with the fullback and the tight end as well as anyone in the league does it, and it's also – I, I want to say uh, the Chiefs were 28th in the NFL on first down against that power package. Right. You know, but if you talk to Kyle Shanahan and you get into any kind of philosophy or any kind of game management, it seems like it doesn't matter week to week. He's always preaching offensive balance, you know. So, you know, I I, I think he's better at reading the room than he used to be. I don't think he's going to be like Detroit's offensive coordinator who ran it for 16 yards to David Montgomery, and it's like can't, nobody can stop Montgomery. Next play, he's running the flea flicker. I mean, his feel in that game was <laughs> horrible, horrible. I think Shanahan's feel at this juncture is probably a little bit better than that. If the, whatever's working, he'll stay with. But he'd like to be balanced in an ideal world. So what's your pick, Larry? What do you think? I think the 49ers are going to win the game. I, I really do. I think – I think they're going to win the game because I think they're going to have success running the ball, and I think they're going to take away the short game of uh, Kansas City and kind of force them to pass block and and try to drive it down the field. And then I think Bosa and and a fired-up Chase Young, who just got lit up by the media this week here, um, you know, winning against Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. Yeah, I like Bosa. I, I think Chase Young had it coming. And I think that while, you know, we can agree they haven't played their best game yet in the playoffs, I thought that was shameful, some of the loafs that guy had um, in the against the, the Detroit Lions. It was just awful. I mean, what are you doing here? You're It's a trip to the Super Bowl, and now you're going to be in the Super Bowl. And I, I don't know how to view that. Yeah. 
and I think everybody associated with, I mean, you know, I mean, come on, you get, we've all been around this long enough to know defensive football is about accountability. There was a total lack of accountability on that play when you consider the game and the, and the, the venue, the whole deal and what was on the line. I mean, that was, you want to, you want to go at that speed in preseason game number two and then tell the coach, Hey, you know what? My Achilles felt a little bulky and I just didn't want to, Okay, fine. There's your there's your one. Not the NFC Championship game. So how did the question is, guys? How does he respond? He's a real talented guy. He had a big uh, second half. If he can just channel that second half into four quarters, Niners may have something. Great stuff, Larry. Thank you, buddy. Uh, enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, Larry. Sounds good, fellas. Have a good one. To be asked that, I thought I thought. Um, the little kids from Nickelodeon asked him a good question for a SpongeBob impression, and he that gave good. a good one. He it was a good one. Along. He did. Yeah. yeah, he's a good-natured guy. It's funny though; people don't take too kindly to being, uh, you know, attached to famous murderers through history. It's funny how that works. <laughs> funny how that works. <laughs> I mean, what a terrible question. So, uh, what? What? Uh, how would you assess the week for the 49ers? They've got a lot of heat for being kind of complainers earlier in the week that's been the only kind of news to come out of the week of preparation but how would you assess the week of prep for the 49ers well you know i talked to some of the players yesterday at a little media gathering in the afternoon they felt like they had a really good week of practice um and you know obviously they they escaped the the dreaded turf gate without any major injuries uh, so, you know, they, I do feel like there's a theme of we're getting slighted as more than a couple guys brought up the fact that their, you know, alarms went off at their hotel for 28 minutes right. in the middle of the night one night, and they're on this, you know, joke of a turf in their mind. So, the, you know, if they, whatever edge they had, the world, you know, everybody loves the world is against us. Well, their world is against us files pretty deep right now. <laughs> That's a that is a classic coaching technique, you know. Where you gotta circle the wagons and everybody's out to get you and all that stuff, and it it works. I mean, maybe it'll work for him. I want to talk about Trent Williams for a second because I think he might be the best player in the game that nobody talks about, and and I think the reason that it's not talked about is because when he's in, he's just a great player and you can do everything you want to do, and when he's out. He will stop your offense cold by not being there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk 85 Bears in your guys' town. How many names come up before Jimbo Covert? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be quite a few. And it's like the dominant offensive linemen, when you really appreciate them, is when you, you're not hearing their number called. They're not flashing for penalties. But you're right. I mean, this guy is a. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Trent the other day in the locker room as he's hitting like three pointer after three pointer on their inner locker room basketball hoop, and I'm like, "Man, looks like you missed your calling." He's like, "Yeah, basketball is my real love. It's my first love." I mean, the guy's an incredible athlete at that right. size. He just happens to be six six, three three thirty or three twenty five. I mean, um, but he's a he's a great athlete, great hand eye coordination athlete. I mean, this guy's probably good at everything. So. It's hard to find people that big with that good of feet, and that's what he's got. It's his blessing, and he's turned it into a career where, man, he's right there with Walter Jones, Munoz, you name it, the best tackles of all time.
What version of Kyle Shanahan do you think we'll see on Sunday? Aggressive, conservative, somewhere in between? You know, that is almost like the ultimate question in some ways. Um, I think he's going to be more aggressive. You know, I think he, for some reason that tells me they're going to come out and even though this is the fourth-rated pass tee, I could see them dialing up some creative pass plays and trying to, you know, trying to establish Purdy and in a passing rhythm. I personally would rather see them run it heavy, but I get the sense that, you know, he'll he'll come out throwing it just as a as a changeup. And, and and I don't think that's what he should do, but he that's his propensity. Yeah, I I think that if they run the football and they, you know, they dominate first down the way they should, that it could be an easy game for them. And that would set up the play action stuff. And I, I think they ought to do that. I just think you get into a Super Bowl and it's almost, it's hard to try to just dominate with the run game or try to, you know, I, I think they do that with the fullback and the tight end as well as anyone in the league does it. And it's also, I, I want to say, uh, the Chiefs were 28th in the NFL on first down against that power package. Right. You know, but if you talk to Kyle Shanahan and you get into any kind of philosophy or any kind of game management, it seems like it doesn't matter week to week. He's always preaching offensive balance, you know. So, you know, I I, I think he's better at reading the room than he used to be. I don't think he's going to be like Detroit's offensive coordinator who ran it for 16 yards to David Montgomery, and it's like can't, nobody can stop Montgomery. Next play, he's running a flea flicker. I mean, his feel in that game was <laughs> horrible, horrible. I think Shanahan's feel at this juncture is probably a little bit better than that. If the, whatever's working, he'll stay with. But he'd like to be balanced in an ideal world. So what's your pick, Larry? What do you think? I think the 49ers are going to win the game. I, I really do. I think – I think they're going to win the game because I think they're going to have success running the ball, and I think they're going to take away the short game of uh, Kansas City and kind of force them to pass block and, and try to drive it down the field. And then I think Bosa and, and a fired-up Chase Young, who just got lit up by the media this week here, um, you know, winning against Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. Yeah, I like Bosa. I, I think Chase Young had it coming. And I think that while, you know, we can agree they haven't played their best game yet in the playoffs, I thought that was shameful, some of the loafs that guy had um, in the against the, the Detroit Lions. It was just awful. I mean, what are you doing here? You're It's a trip to the Super Bowl, and now you're going to be in the Super Bowl, and I, I don't know how to view that. Yeah. And I think everybody associated with, I mean, you know, I mean, come on, you get, we've all been around this long enough to know defensive football is about accountability. There was a total lack of accountability on that play when you consider the game and the, and the, the venue, the whole deal and what was on the line. I mean, that was, you want to, you want to go at that speed in preseason game number two and then tell the coach, Hey, you know what? My Achilles felt a little bulky and I just didn't want to, okay, fine. There's your, there's your one not the NFC championship game. So how did the question is guys, how does he respond? He's a real talented guy. He had a big uh, second half. If he can just channel that second half into four quarters. Niners may have something. Great stuff, Larry. Thank you, buddy. Uh, enjoy the game and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks Larry.
Sounds good, fellas. Have a good one. That's Larry Kruger, 97.5, the game in San Francisco. Good stuff from Larry all week long. Looking forward to touching base with him uh, on Monday, along with Alex Gold from Kansas City. We have had a good week of breaking this down, Molly. A lot of different opinions, a lot of great predictions. Yes, let's take a listen. Mully and Haw got you ready for the Super Bowl 58 matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers with experts analysis from former Bears head coach Dave Wanstead. I'm going to take the 49ers. I think the 49ers have the most players in a heck of a football game. I would take the 49ers. Two-sport athlete, Bo Jackson. Either one is capable of pulling out a win. But just like you said, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. So I'm kind of partial there. NFL insider Mike Florio. I had a dream last night. Chiefs by 10. And Patrick Mahomes, even though he downplayed it last night, he's trying to catch Tom Brady. And you can't get to 7 before you get to 3. And this is his chance to get to 3. Bears Tribune beat reporter Dan Wiederer. You know, I say all the time that it's really, 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 really difficult to pick against Patrick Mahomes, but I'm doing it. I'm going with the 49ers, guys. It's a, it's a bold move. I'm jumping off. Bet MGM Hawks great Chris Chelios. How do you bet against Taylor Swift? Seriously. Kansas City's experience in Mahomes, Kelsey thing. I I got to go, KC. Jared Payton. It's hard to bet against 15, man. I just think I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one, man. And if you're giving me the points, I'm taking the points. NFL insider, Jay Glazer. I would say Spags over there on defense for the, for the Chiefs. For the 49ers. They're X-Factor. I mean, everybody's a damn X-Factor. I think Kittle. Nick Costas. I do not think this is like the best betting game of all time. Any of the other matchup guys from Championship Sunday, I think would have been like a a bet that I would have placed on the game that I would have had a lot more confidence in than the one I do in this game. NFL Network reporter, Stacey Dale. The Niners thrive and feast on explosive plays. The Chiefs don't give up explosive plays. Can the Niners come out and start eating off those explosives right away. The Ticket in San Francisco host, Larry Kruger. You know, when your dad's got multiple rings, have a seat at the table, you know, leave the kid's table, you got to get the Super Bowl ring at some point. Alex Gold of 610 Sports in Kansas City. I think it's 24-20, 23-20, something like that, heading into this game, and to me, it'll be Isaiah Pacheco that cashes in for at least one of the touchdowns. And low-scoring game, close game, and uh, I don't think either team is going to pull away at any point. Chicago Tribune Bears beat reporter Brad Biggs. Guys, I'm, I'm picking San Francisco 27-20. to 20. Joe Fortenbaugh. I am leading to the Niners. I, I'm going to play the Niners, but it's going to be a small wager. I like the under here, too. 47 and a half. I think the two teams going to be running the ball, grinding the clock. Former NFL executive and analyst Michael Lombardi. I picked the 49ers 27 to 23, but I, I don't have a conviction either way. The Niners have gotten here now, just so we're clear. And they haven't even played their best game yet. Will it be the Chiefs or the 49ers? Mully and Haw and your reaction to Super Bowl 58 on 670 The Score. Oh, yes. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun all week long, getting everyone's take on the game. I was a little disappointed that all of us went the same way oh really the whole damn show even well, brandon hold on a second doing, so I, I think that yeah come on brandon I, i'm i'm restating my pick i okay. which i made probably the monday after the championship yeah. games 31 27 chiefs over niners 
I'm going to stick that. But I'm I'm allowing you the flexibility and the wiggle room that you need on a regular basis. It, you did make your pick at 6:40. It is now yeah. 9:40. So three hours later, how how much are you sticking by your pick? Well, it took me a long time to get my pick, and I got it, and I took the Chiefs, and I took them by three in the game, and I I see this. I, I think I took it 27-24. I see this as a late scoring game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there could be a, like a – this could be a boring first half and then there'll be a, 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 a point explosion. But um, I I just I, – I got stuck on this whole quarterback thing and it's hard to pick it any other way. So that's how I picked it. When it comes time to bet it, I may just go back to some of my original thoughts. Uh, I like – I like what the Niners can do, and I think that it's just impossible to pick against the one great player who seems to be playing against history, and there is this kind of Jordan effect. So I I don't like going against Mahomes in this situation, and the fact that they got here is extraordinary. The fact that the Niners got here without playing well I suppose that's extraordinary too. They they had a Green Bay a young Green Bay team that melted down that if they knew how to win they'd have won the game and then they had a Detroit team that was playing you know against a different type of history and uh, also melted down in my opinion. I'm not giving them tons of credit for those two wins uh but I I mean they're here, you know. They right, won the right. regular season. They got in. We talked about the the conference and all that stuff. So I don't think you can get away from that. You know, Michael Lombardi said something interesting that is worth uh, repeating. Hmm. When I asked him about who's under the most pressure, I think you said Kyle Shanahan, I said Brock Purdy, and he had a great answer. Neither. None yeah. of the teams because they right. both have been here. I, I And I wonder about that. Does that make it different? Does that make it un- less likely for – us to see something unnatural for one team to, you know, buckle or bend because of the the weight of the pressure or the expectations? Probably not. We're probably going to see a truer version of both teams, which is why I think that when you when it comes down to it, it's hard to pick against greatness. It's hard to pick against Jordan in that series against you know, and the, and the Bulls against the Blazers or against the Jazz the first time, right? Because those are the championships that are hard to remember. And in, in the context of Patrick Mahomes' great career, this one may be difficult to recall, but it's still going to be one of how many he wins because I think he's the biggest reason they're going to they're going to be celebrating Sunday. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to acknowledge his success. It's hard not to appreciate what he's done. And I told you when I finally made the decision, it was because I went back and looked at the game, the Super Bowl they lost, and the guy was basically playing by himself. He didn't have any protection at all, and he was making play after play. It was just extraordinary to see how good he is. And I don't know that he's willing to lose. And I, I, I think it's the better team, but he's the better kind of one-in-a-million type of player. The distraction over his dad was non-existent. Kelsey's Nothing. handled all the Taylor Swift stuff like a pro. Yeah. Andy Reid keeps a lid on all that stuff. The Chiefs have been exemplary. So yeah. are the 49ers, but I just think that you're going to see two professional teams, two well-coached teams, and the difference will come down to – who's got the better player at quarterback and who's got the star power. 
Kelsey was asked at one point, who's going to get a ring first, the Niners or Taylor Swift? Great question. And, and he said that all he cared about was the Chiefs getting a ring. Well, until they win. I mean, I'm just saying, he, I, I, he, I, until he backpedaled pretty good, right? And then, then he drops to a knee, and he pulls out of his back, Jason, uh, where's my ring? And then he does what you predicted you. he would do on Monday. You yes. can make the bet. You can make, make bet. that bet if you want to. Hey, big game coverage on the score presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. That is a great product. We're going to talk to Dan and Lawrence next. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 